0: Hello. Welcome to the Biz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Email Edition for February 20th, 2008 From Orlando, Florida I'm your host, Pete Werner Joined, as always, by my incredible team of experts Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi We're going to be doing an all-voicemail show this week Because I've uh, got a lot of great voicemails in They're starting to back up on me And I want to make sure we uh, we get some of these out there So we're going to be doing an all-voicemail show This week and in the next week or two, we're going to be actually doing uh, an expanded email show because we have a lot of emails backed up. really want to try and get as many of those as we can because we get a lot of good stuff. But uh, don't ever let that uh, hold you back from sending us in, sending in an email with your questions or your comments or your suggestions or a voicemail. I particularly enjoy the voicemails. Uh, To give us a call, toll free 1-877-310-9662 or by mail at podcast at www.info.com. And uh, if we play your voicemail or read your email on our show, you will get your own Diz Unplugged T-shirt, or you could get a Diz Unplugged pin and lanyard. It's your choice. And uh, at, the end of the, uh, at the end of the month, we take one person whose email or voicemail we played on the show, and that person gets to pick a number, one of the 30 envelopes that we have here in the studio, slash dining room, hopefully next week we'll be back in the studio. And uh, we have a lot of cool prizes in there, including a podcast cruise that's still in the offing. So, uh, And speaking of uh, podcast cruise, that's a good uh, segue into our first uh, voicemail this week. We have Matt from Massachusetts, who is lamenting the fact that he will not be able to make the podcast cruise, but he also has a question for us about living in Orlando. So here's Matt.
1: Bob, John, Kevin, Julie, and Corey. This is Matt, um, also known as M&Ms on the Boards, and I'm calling from Taunton, Massachusetts. Uh, First off, I'm kind of bummed about your podcast cruise, but let me explain. I'd love, love, love to go on a cruise, and a podcast cruise would be the best, but myself, my wife, Melissa, and my daughter, Serene, who just turned one yesterday, are planning to visit the world uh, in October. I'm an EMT, and while I love my job, it's not the best-paying, for someone who loves visiting Disney as much as I'd like to, so we can only afford these trips about once every two years. So I'm kind of bummed because I can't join all of you for the trip in 2009. I'm sure it's going to be an absolute blast. Thanks so much for doing all this for your Pod Squad fans, and hopefully I'll be able to join in and meet all of you on some future event. Anyway, my question—it has to do with the uh, magic of Disney, quote unquote. Uh, since all of you live in or around the Orlando area and have moved there from other parts of the country, I was wondering, how did the magic of Disney hold up for you? I would love to live within miles of Walt's property, but I've always wondered if being able to go to the parks whenever I had free time would somehow like dilute everything that I love about Disney World. Do all of you still love Disney World as much as you did before you moved there? Is it possible you love it even more because you can experience everything Disney has to offer that most sorts? cannot in a normal vacation? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Once again, thank you so much for the podcast and the website. Between the two of them, the amount of time I spend is probably equal to how much sleep I get each week. Alright, thanks again, guys. Take care.
0: Well, Matt, um, as I said, you you um, you know you have a shot. I've got a few podcast cruises to give away. You never know. But uh, I'll speak for myself in terms of the magic of Disney. Um, I't I, I, I cannot sit here and say that the magic of Disney for me now is the same as it was before I moved here. That has less to do with me living in Orlando and more to do with the fact that I do this for a living. and that uh, not only that, but part of my, part of my job is to uh, be critical of, of Disney in certain regards, you know, to pay attention to what's not right, to what will affect somebody's vacation. With that said, though, I still love it. I just love it in a different way. I appreciate it in a different way. I understand a lot more about what goes into it than I did when I was just coming here on vacation. So, and it has been an amazing part of my life. I mean, my life has been so altered and changed by Disney on so many wonderful levels. I could never be anything other than grateful. Uh, for me, when, you know, when I criticize, it's, uh, it's kind of all in the family uh, type of thing. I'll I'll trash Disney But if a non-Disney fan starts doing it I might get my backup Uh, So, Corey You're right about um, being critical now You know, uh, while while the magic hasn't changed
2: When we go to the theme parks I I tend to analyze things a little bit more It's more like research If something's new, I'm like Ooh, gotta get that on the site But the magic hasn't changed But we sometimes take it for granted Like we we were in Epcot five times last month And just, just walk, we go We do our thing when we leave So we tend to take it for granted, I think
3: I don't think the ma- the magic has changed for me, but it's still there. We use um, the parks kind of as like other people use a, a city park. Yeah. It's, I the gone are the days where you get up at the crack of dawn and come <laughs> home at midnight <laughs> dragging. We go for a couple of hours, and it's great to be yeah. able to take your time and explore the details. Yep. So I think that's changed for me.
0: It's an I, outing. Yeah. yeah.
3: And, but. We still go quite often. Oh, yeah.
0: You guys are always over there and you really, I mean, you know, whether it's the parks or the restaurants or.
3: And again, we, I, I don't know if take it for granted is the way I feel about it. However, we are choosy in the way we do it. Every once in a while, something will come up and say, do you want to do this? And they'll say, well, you know, that's actually going to be an investment of a couple of hours because you're going to have to park and walk to the back of Epcot. (laughs) So we kind of judge things by that, how much time can we devote to it, Mm -hmm. but we still do it.
0: Well, I mean, I remember before we moved down here, it was like, oh, that would be so great. We can go to Disney whenever we want, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when you move down here, all the same uh, responsibilities and time constraints that you have when you're home, are now here. Right. Laundry well, so, doesn't go
3: away because you're exactly. in Exactly. So,
0: you know, when when you think about that, you know, think about how much time do you have to go to your favorite restaurant uh, at home? How often do you get to do stuff like that? It's the same thing when you live here. Just because it's Disney, I don't know that it makes it that much of a difference. At least that's for me. I, I it could be different for other people. Bob, what about you? You were a huge fan before you moved down here. I
4: was a huge fan before and, you know, when my family used to come down, we'd come up World Drive and Everybody would be excited as the arch, and we're at Disney World. You know, I still get a, a funny feeling when I'm driving through the archway. And an you know, yeah, but that's your that. medication giving out. Well, that may be, but your depends are full. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> There's but, an ointment for that. You guys just sit up on the wall there and wait for me. Okay, but you know, you just
0: I, got triple timed. <laughs> uh, yeah. But
4: you're the only one who drives under the arch. Arch, thank you, Julie. You're welcome. Okay. And you, Corey. You're welcome, Bob. <laughs> One of the things I've I've started doing more since I moved down here is I actually take more time to the details that they have here. Like a couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, Hollywood Studios, and I went down to the streets of America. And I really took some time. I took about an hour and a half or so, and I, I started looking at all the details of the buildings that are on the street and how much detail they go into the different things. There's one window up by where the uh, the skyline of uh, New York is and if you look on the window on the left side and look at it real close you'll see a, there's a re, it's actually a reflection and if you turn around you'll see the reflection of the sign that's on the street in the window and uh, those are the type of details that I, I look at now. You know, I, I take the time at, for the street atmosphere players that are wa- wandering around. I love going to Hollywood studios. And Do you ever it.
0: get uh, confused with being one of those street atmosphere players? Sometimes,
4: but uh, I like the guys that wear the the tool belt and they go with the duct tape and they drive the little car and,
0: you know, mm, that sounds just like you. <laughs> but they
4: said, you know, and they have a a really they they. they change up the skit all the time. It's not something that, you know, it's, it's dry. Oh, I saw that last month. Or, you know, they're always changing up the skit. Those are the type of things I like to You know, I like to go sit on Main Street and just have a cup of coffee and watch the people. The other thing is we all know somebody. I don't think anybody in Orlando can say that they
3: don't know somebody that works for Disney. Right. So it's kind of, yeah. it's one of those things that no matter how magic it is, it's still somebody's job. Yeah. And when you start to know these people... You start to hear about the
0: the job type, the stuff, job that goes type
3: up. stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, my hours are awful. Oh, I've got to work on a holiday. Oh, you know, I've yep. got mandatory overtime. So I think we all know those all know people who work for Disney. Yeah. So I think that changes the magic for you a little bit. It's not that f- carefree freedom that I don't have any place to be or anything to do so I can enjoy everything.
0: Yeah. It's not any less magical. It's just different. It's there, different. Yeah, it you appreciate different. it different. You look at it different. Your perspective on it is different. Now, Julie, you weren't a big Disney fan That's what prior I was to. Say. I think I'm the only down.
5: person at the table who had not been touched by the magic, so to speak. I mean, I had no desire to go with Corey to any of these events. I was like Disney World, Schmizney World, you know. <laughs> um, I wasn't touched by the magic until we went to Disneyland and that was not even two years ago. That opened her
4: eyes. You really were affected by that.
5: Yeah, I was. So for me, it still is pretty magical. I enjoy going and watching like small children at pirate and princess or, um, sitting on the bench at MGM over near, uh, The area that Bob was talking about where the farmer's market is and watching people go by or coming out of the Beauty and the Beast show. It's just, it's different for us, definitely. I enjoy going for a couple of hours and not having to go gung ho and spend 12 hours. Yeah, you're
0: not the commando type.
5: Um, but when people come and visit us, I am more than happy to do that. Yeah, I was just
0: going to say when your when your sister comes down.
5: Oh yeah, we plan the whole week. Yep. I know exactly what's going to happen, and she enjoys that because she's like me. She's a person of routine. She likes to have a plan. <laughs> so, and even you know other relatives or friends that come, we certainly will go commando with them. Yeah,
0: we're the tour guides.
5: Yeah.
3: The other thing is nobody at this table will wait more than fifteen minutes to get in anything. No, I'm
5: like twenty minutes. No way. <laughs> also, you know,
0: I, think, I think all of us have had this experience. Once you move to Orlando, cousins you haven't spoken to in decades, (laughs) friends you have forgotten you had met, all of a sudden find your phone number. And when you actually work in the industry and can get discounts at hotels, um, then they really come out of the woodwork. So it does uh, does have a lot of changes, but I'm going to tell you right now. I would not live anywhere else in this country than in Orlando. It is a great quality of life. I like the people. I like the attitude. I like the city. I like all the things there are to do here. That has never gotten old for me. It has always been exciting. There's always something to do, something to experience, and it's a very unique place. And it does help that env- everyone envies us, or m- some people envy us, so much living here. Now, if we can only get our parents to move here, then it would be complete. I see, I did. I got mom down here. I got my mother mm. down here. I got my sister down here. We're working. I got my, my brother yeah. down here.
5: But my two sets of parents are major country folk. They barely travel outside of the parish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mine live across the
3: street. So, oh. yeah.
0: Well, thank you very much for the question, Matt. That sparked a, a very nice discussion, I thought. Uh, our next voicemail is going to come to us from Tricia in saskatchewan canada who has some questions about golf so here's Tricia.
6: hi there this is trisha lozinski from saskatchewan canada i have a question i hope someone will be able to help me out with my husband and i really enjoy golfing we golf at the courses around home all the time we are all right golfers but by no means are we fabulous ones nonetheless we really love the sport we have been going to disney annually since our honeymoon in 2004 but I've always been scared off by trying the golf courses there and feared the courses might be too difficult or more for the professional type golfer. So my question is, is there perhaps one or more of the courses that are more laid back than others that we may feel more comfortable giving a try? We have passed by some of the courses and the ones we did see looked absolutely amazing. Any advice or tips that you could offer would be greatly appreciated. Oh, and before I go, pardon my suggestion, but... My husband and I were thinking of another great prize that might fit perfectly into one of those little envelopes of yours, perhaps sometimes in the near future. How about a round of Bob Golf with Bob? Now that sounds just right up our alley, and I'm sure it would be super fun. Love the podcast. Listen to it all the
0: time. Mr. Varley, why don't you go ahead and field that one?
4: Tricia, golfing at Disney, uh, we, we did a segment last week about it. Uh, some of the
0: courses... Yeah, uh, and when you say you're not a great golfer, this guy was golfing with his boot, okay? So just keep, yeah. the, keep that in mind. I mean,
4: golfing with Bob is, is something that uh, I have my friends come down and do at least uh, once a year, and they talk about it for the rest of the year. It's just something that we do, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, the Palm course, the Magnolia course, this past time I found was really... Intimidating. It's a longer course, and I actually didn't enjoy it as much as I have on rounds of golf at uh, Osprey Ridge or the one at Lake Bonavista. Uh, I find those not to be as intimidating as the uh, the two uh, championship courses, you know. But when I was on Magnolia, you know, you're walking down the fairway or driving down the fairway, and it's like Tiger Woods played on this course and it's like yeah. you know literally yeah so you know I got a good feeling about that and that they were so well maintained and everything and with the wildlife that's out there the alligator uh, the alligator looking at the turkeys the
0: but uh, you know now you know you're playing on that course and you're a an avid golfer but you're not a professional and do you wonder when you're playing, the guys behind me who are playing, am I ticking them off because I'm not doing this right or I'm not playing long? Or I'm not, you know, I'm taking too long to do this. Well, and what, I'm a golf idiot, yeah. so I'm just well, asking. Well, one of that.
4: the things they have is uh, they actually have on the GPS system on the cart that tells you where you are on the golf court. Of course, it actually gives you a time frame. It tells you are you five minutes ahead of schedule or you're you Are you minutes four be, hours behind? Or four hours behind? And they also have somebody that drives around. And if they see that things are backing up, they're not afraid to come up to you and say, "Move it along, move it along." Yeah, you need to, you know, you need to move along. You don't need to stand over a putt for ten minutes. And when you play with Bob, we don't stand over putts for ten minutes. We usually. We can do a round of golf in like four hours, which is a good amount, of, good time frame for a round of golf. And like when we this past January, we did rounds. We tee off at seven a.m. at some of the courses in Claremont, and we were done by ten thirty. So three and a half hours, and we were the first ones out, and we just moved along. No, mm-hmm. one, no one caught up to us. But you can tell when you're getting backed up.
0: So intermediate uh, intermediate golfer, uh, where, would you, where would you say I'd,
4: you're? I'd take them to Osprey Ridge, which is a, a nice course. It's actually rated uh, half a star higher than the Palm and the Magnolia course. Or I'd take them over to Lake Buena Vista to that course. Though They're not as intimidating. There is a, another course that's a it's like it, they call it a uh uh it's a 9 hole course and it's a walking course. Uh it's executive. So you, you don't have a golf cart. I'd like to try that sometime, but I don't know if I could handle it with the boot. But uh uh it, it, it is an experience that I I recommend to everybody to to play a Disney course because it is so well maintained, you know. And uh, it's experience. Yeah, it's an experience. It's an experience. I mean, I played on the Magnolia course that the PGA comes to every year, and you know it's like, and you compare your your drives, and we play best ball, and Bob Bob Golf is everybody has fun. You can have as many Mulligans as long as you're not. T- we know when we're tying up. Uh, one of my friends calls it an Octelligan if. If I have no one behind us, I'll take a couple extra shots. <laughs> so uh, they get a big kick out of that. But Trisha, yeah, uh, is she gonna when she comes down get in touch with me? To, You're looking at me to to play around. You no, know, Trisha,
0: look, listen. Um, you um, know, giving away golf with Bob, Bob as a prize um, that would be it, like giving me malaria. <laughs> <laughs> you would have. You fun. know, it's 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 something that only I think select group of people would be interested <laughs> yeah. in. And uh, even then, you know, um, you you may not want you, you you may have wished you chose something else. But since you brought it up, go ahead, you know, go ahead and have golf with Bob. Yep.
4: Next time you're Enjoy down it. here, let me know. And if there's others out there, let me know.
0: Yeah, he'll golf with you. Now uh, you're gonna be you're gonna get some requests. Yeah. yeah. it's
4: a lot of fun. That's All right. Bob. Bob wants to golf.
0: Bob wants to golf. That's right. That well, won't be the entire round table team. Trust <laughs> me.
4: My friends try to want me to get out there at least once a week, so and I haven't been, so maybe that's a good thing for me.
0: All right, well, there you go, Tricia. We hope that answers your question. All right, and our next voicemail comes to us from Emmett in Illinois, who has some suggestions for Kevin and uh, some comments to make about the show. So here's Emmett.
7: Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Emmett Broderick. I'm calling from Geneva, Illinois, I uh, was just listening to the podcast from last uh, the uh, first week in February, and I I, uh, I love the updates on the uh, the temperature down there. As I was driving, listening to that particular uh, uh, episode. We were getting hit with 12 inches of snow here. It was really fun, um, fun to drive in and everything else. I felt like I was driving a Zamboni. Um, I had a couple of uh, suggestions and one comment. I'll start with my suggestions, or I mean my my uh, my questions. Kevin, you you mentioned before about your head being full of all of these these little bits of trivia about the parks, and I I love hearing that stuff. I I mean you know about lines of sight and how how things are made there and uh you know the the scale of everything in the uh in the parks is it's it, it's fascinating to me and all the the trivia i I'd, I'd love to hear a segment on that um every so often it you know if if you, if you you would open up the snow globe in your head and let a few of that pour out it'd be great my second thing is that my my wife and I have been going down to Walt Disney World for about 17 years. We've gone down every year except for 9-11. Every, we, and we stay on property, and usually uh, we leave the, the hotel room with, you know, the shampoos and, and everything. And you know how uh, things like smells uh, always uh, provoke memories. And uh, I know that right now that H2O does all their soaps and, and, you know, shampoos and stuff like that. And wondered if you knew where to get that at H2O. I don't know if, uh, I know the h 2 os down there. I'd, um, and not only that, uh, the, 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 sounds like the music on main street and, and, uh, and stuff like that. I'd, I'd like to find a place where I can find that, that type of stuff to keep my memories alive, you know, um, not only, uh, in my, in my memories, but, you know, on, uh, on my music and in the shower and everything else, so that was my other thing um my My only comment was that um sometimes I noticed that um there's a lot of uh things, things said about disney um at times it it makes me really not want to go um and i I wondered if you guys. Um, and really, I know there's a lot, you know, when it comes to corporate USA, there's a lot of, um, a lot of politics and a lot of, uh, greed and everything else. But, um, uh, I know that, and I know that you focus on, on, on the good as well, the bad, but sometimes it seems like the bad is, is outweighing the good. And that's where I think that I, I, I sometimes second guess myself and say, well, maybe I shouldn't go, uh, anymore because of what what i hear from you guys so i'm wondering if if that affects anyone else you know if, if it, that affects their decision on coming down you know any of the listeners so anyway i'm sorry for ranting very long and i hope uh these are good suggestions and all and keep up the good work and oh by the way <laughs> and if if any of the, the the ranting and all the uh the uh the negativity comes up just remember one thing. Evan always says, happiest place on earth. Goodbye.
0: Well, Emmett, before we get to uh, your suggestions about uh, a trivia segment, I just want to address the uh, the part about, you know, sometimes our negativity uh, making you not want to go. Um, you know, I, I've kind of said it on the show a number of times, and this is not, is, I don't want this to come off as snotty, because I'm not intending it that way at all, but if anybody is looking for just the positive on Disney, there are plenty of other places out there to get that. That has never been what my my site has been about. It has never been what the boards have been about, and it certainly isn't what the podcast is about. And my perspective on that is really simple. It's um, you know I've created this site and all this stuff for people to come and plan their vacations, and I feel like I have an obligation to tell them what we think. Uh, There's an awful lot of money being spent here. People are saving for years and years. In some cases, it's the only chance they'll ever have to come here. And for those of us who have been to Disney World multiple times, we know you show up without a plan. You show show up without being armed with as much information as possible, and you are not going to get as much out of that vacation dollar as you should. I consider that our responsibility, given the size of the site, the number of people who visit. And uh, the way we've put ourselves out there as experts, that it is our obligation to tell you the truth, whether it's in our best interests, whether it's in our business interests. So I want everybody to keep that in mind. I want you to keep in mind what I do for a living. I want you to keep in mind that I'm an owner in Dreams Unlimited Travel. And I get on the show and I say some things that an owner of a company shouldn't say necessarily. It is not necessarily in my best interest financially, but we do have an obligation to the people that visit this site. That's what the show is for. And uh, we are always going to tell exactly what we think. Do we go? Do I go a little too far sometimes? Oh, of course I do. But you know what? If I didn't go too far with things sometimes, this site wouldn't exist. Lots of passion has gone into this, lots of time has been spent on this. I tend to take things too far. It's part of my personality. So sometimes that may backfire, but. For the most part, I'm telling you what I truly feel. I'm not representing an agenda. Neither, neither, and neither is anybody else at this table. We're not representing an agenda. We're telling you what we think. And you don't have to agree with us because your experience on certain things might be different. It happens all the time where, you know, we don't like a restaurant or we don't like an attraction. And somebody writes in and says, well, I do. And that's just as valid. All we're doing is sharing our thoughts based on our experience.
3: I think if you reference an email we just or a voicemail we just talked about, we talked about what we consider the magic to be. So it's not that any of us have lost the magic. We just view it differently than we used to.
4: I really like to think that I'm trying to help people make that experience the best they can for the amount of money they, they spend. And that's I it. always keep, uh, that's my main goal. If anybody's coming down, is this going to be good for a person that's traveling?
0: I tell everybody that works for me, that is our first, our first priority is to make sure we're doing whatever we can. Do we always get it right? Are we 100% on everything? Of course not. We're human. But it is our primary goal to try and give the best information we can, give the best opinions we can, and give it honestly, and not let any other agendas influence our our, our, our comments. So, Now, uh, Kevin, what do you think of the idea of a trivia segment?
3: I don't know that I would be able to do it. I would have to do a great deal of research, and I think it would come off as canned. I think the stuff that I know is more anecdotal. It's triggered by us talking about something else. Right. And right. you remember a piece and of trivia. Just about everything I talk about, other than the restaurant reviews, is like that. It's more of a reaction than a sit down and actually plan it out. I think it would be a little dry if I planned it. If
8: you're looking for facts and figures and cool Imagineering stuff... Each of the Disney parks has an imagineering book made just for that park and you can get it at any of the of the big stores. So that's something you could pick up and flip through and read those facts and figures.
3: We also did a review of a, a guidebook and we decided it wasn't really a guidebook, more of an owner's manual. And it was the complete Walt Disney World by
5: Julie be. and some Julie and her husband. Their I last apologize. name is Neil.
3: Julie and Just Mike Neil, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. And they're from here, and they're from here in Orlando. And their book is packed. And I'm someone who considers myself a storehouse of Disney stuff. Their book fascinated me.
2: We have a link to it on the main podcast page, so you can buy it right there. I here.
3: would recommend that. That's going to keep you busy for quite a while. There's going to be stuff in there. Like for instance, it gives you. An, an example would be that Mickey's Magic, they tell you where each and every little reference comes from in old Disney classics. So I think that's kind of cool. That's not something I can tell you. My trivia is stuff I've picked up over the years after listening and digging and researching and going on tours and reading. So I don't think it's a kind of thing I could do a whole segment on any given time.
0: Okay. That's a fair enough answer. <laughs> You like your weather updates, Pete? I was just going to—I was just going to tell him it was—it's uh, eighty-one point six <laughs> degrees here right now. So, uh. now as far as your question about H two O, those are the uh,
5: the spa, the, products, the spa products that
0: are located uh, in in the resorts in the hotels. Uh, you can buy their stuff online. H two O Plus dot com is the uh, is the website, and uh, they carry the that carries the entire line of H two O products from you know lip gloss to body care, hair care, all that good stuff. So. If you're looking for the H2O the H2O products they use at the Disney resorts h2oplus.com is the website. And
2: he's right about a certain smell kind of bringing back
0: that oh, yeah. memory of where Oh you yeah. Oh yeah, I have colognes. I have colognes that Well, when John and I used to come down, I used to have to buy a different cologne every time we came because that would be my cologne for that trip and I'd always whenever I smelled that cologne I'd always remember it. To this day there are colognes that when I smell them I'm instantly transported back
5: the cruise we took in May of 06, right after I graduated with you and Walter, um, I used a gardenia bath and body lotion. Every time I put it on, I think about that cruise. Yep.
0: It's, it's, a, it's amazing how you can get that, <laughs> that, sensory, that sensory memory. That's
5: my favorite. A My smell grandmother's memory.
3: been gone for 30 years, and Rose's, Rose's perfume
0: brings oh, really? her right back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. So, Well, thank you very much, uh, Emmett. Appreciate, uh, appreciate the phone call. Now, Emmett, one last thing. Uh, You forgot to leave us your contact information, so please get in touch with Miss Julie so we can get a uh, a T-shirt or pin and lanyard out to you for reading your or playing your voicemail on the air. And uh, our next voicemail, our next voicemail, this guy's not going to have to wait to the end of the month uh, to pick a number. I'm going to let him pick a number now because (laughs) this was just too funny. This is Daniel from Boston.
3: I love the whole section on the Muppets And what Muppet do you think you might be But um, one thing It's not the French chef It's actually the Swedish chef I remember that because he always made Swedish meatballs Um, And his theme song If I can do it well is So I thought you got a kick out of that But that was the Swedish chef Um, And by the way I'm with Bob I'm usually referred to as Beaker Uh, Either that or Guy Smiley But I'm not sure which Muppet I look more like But there you go um, so thank you very much. Uh, enjoyed the section. We're going to see Avenue Q when it's here in Boston. Uh, we're looking forward to a great show. Bye.
4: Daniel from my area.
5: <laughs> I can't that believe was, you sang. I can't that that believe was great. Some guts, huh? I thought, yeah,
0: I'll tell you. Well, that's why. That's gutsy. I mean, a lot of people are afraid to call up at all because we hear it all the time that I don't want to leave a voicemail because I think my voice sounds bad. Daniel. Well, of course Daniel sounds great But Daniel had no trouble <laughs> calling in And he had no calling no, no trouble breaking out into a song
3: And he didn't even sing as himself He sang as the sweetest,
4: sweetest chef. chef Exactly <laughs>
2: After my dad heard that email show He sent me a text message and said, and said You should have been Kermit so I guess he doesn't think I'm an, I'm an animal. I was
4: surprised <laughs> last week that you guys didn't pick up that it was I said the Italian chef instead of the Swedish chef. You said, I said French. the French chef.
0: How many other, how many other uh, <laughs> nationalities is the chef going to have? Yeah, he we goes, did,
8: we didn't pick up your trap there, Bob. Please see, sure.
1: Oh, my
0: God. So that just... It's
8: a lingo was... booby trap that he set for us. Yeah. I set a trap.
0: Do you, realize there's
3: a, do you realize those are actually two different languages <laughs> in that one little sentence? I know, but it bugs the heck out of you. No, it doesn't bother <laughs> me at all.
0: So, Daniel, go ahead and pick a number. Tell Miss Julie what, uh, what number envelope you would like. Uh, that was funny. And we will uh, we'll, we'll give you whatever's inside. So, thank you very much for that, Daniel. All right, a follow-up, or I guess a, a, another another take on the same question we just had. Um, Jenny called in with a question about whether or not being a cast member changes your perspective of the mouse. She's, so here's Jenny.
9: Hi, Diz Unplugged team. This is Jenny Florey. I am Fred's girl on the Diz boards. And my question is actually for Corey, Julie, and John. We've learned on past podcasts that all three of you either participated in the pop college program or worked for Disney, and uh, my question is this. Now that you no longer work for Disney, did being a cast member for the company change the way you experience it as guests? Do you look at things differently since you've had the unique experience of being on both sides of the fence? Are there things you miss about being a cast member that perhaps you don't get to enjoy as guests? Um And just to let you guys know, I'm still working on my husband for the podcast cruise. Hopefully I'll be able to convince him. But I have to say it probably would be easier to convince him to go if I could tell him that Pete and the Diz were giving us the cruise. Just a thought. If Pete really wants to give a cruise away on the next show, I'd be more than happy and ever so grateful to take one off of his hands. So uh, if he decides to do that, give me a call. Um In closing, I just want to say that you guys are wonderful, and I very much enjoy being able to share a little friendship and humor each week with all of you and Thanks for letting us listeners be a part of your week oh and pete it 's thirty four degrees and cold and sunny here in Dayton, Ohio, but that really doesn 't work as well. going the opposite direction does it doesn 't really make you want to come to Dayton, does it? okay, well, thank you guys so much, and uh we love what you do thanks bye bye.
8: Um, I actually didn't answer when Matt asked about it because I was going to ju- chime in and say that living here didn't affect the magic for me. It was when I was a cast member. Um, I thought that I wanted to see all that backstage stuff. And for the first six or eight months, it was cool. But after that, it really started to make it like, well, this is just a business and here's where the trash comes out and this is the person who has to sweep the floors. So I believe that being a cast member did affect my Walt Disney World experience I don't think it's still affected today. I think I've gotten that back. But I'm always fascinated by people who say, "Oh, I want to be a cast member so bad." I think they need to take some time and think about it and think, "Is this going to affect me?" Yeah, kind of
0: take the take the stars out of your eyes just to, just long mm-hmm, enough to right. think about. You know, it's a job. I mean, not, not, it's not a great job. Right. I mean, depending on what you're doing, but it's still a job.
8: And cast members work very hard. You got to remember, this is a 365 day a year property. So. You have to be, depending on your role, you have to be available or working a lot. Your, uh, if I remember correctly, our, our actual holidays were something like six a year. You know how when you have holidays for work, mm-hmm. you get like 12 or 18? You get like six. So I remember that being kind of, it put me off a lot. The only thing I think I miss about being a cast member is the benefits.
0: Um I yeah, had they have great benefits, incredible benefits. Well, yeah. in Matt, you were in management, so right. the benefits for you were a little bit better, I think, than they are for the rank and file. And I
8: don't know if um, if that still is the case now or not. But I remember the, the benefits being fantastic. Well, you
0: worked in IT then, and now yeah. that's been outsourced. Has it
8: outsourced? Correct. Yep. So I don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing. I don't know who's running that anymore or anything. So we'll have to find that out maybe. And um. Do we look at Walt Disney World differently now? I think we look at Walt Disney World differently, as Pete mentioned, because this is a different aspect of our job. A little more critical eye, a little more researchy, but, I mean, I still love going. We went to Pirates and Princess Party this past week, and it was still great to see the parade and clapped at the end of the fireworks. So that Mm -hmm. stuff doesn't get diminished.
2: You're right, though, when you get a paycheck from Disney, especially a not-so-generous paycheck, because I was in an entry-level job as yeah. a lifeguard, you, you, you tend to look at things a lot differently. I mean, you, you're counting your hours and things like that. Working at Blizzard Beach, I really wasn't surrounded by, like, Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or any of the characters. And, and having a lifeguard job, the guest interaction was completely different. It's, you really can't hold a conversation with somebody as they're floating by you in the creek. You're doing a lot of correcting. correcting. Um, don't do that. No running. Stop. You, you can't yeah. have this in the pool and, and things like that. I mean, believe it or not, the the best times at Blizzard Beach that I had was, was during rain closings because the lifeguards had to go under the shelters with families and you were able to do a lot of interacting that way. So for me, yeah, it did change me, but I, I still love it. I mean, I loved lifeguarding over there at Blizzard Beach, but it, I think... Working in the Magic Kingdom or Epcot, it's a completely different experience.
5: See, I'm opposite. I think that's why I didn't have any magic. Because you worked for <laughs> them. Because I worked for them. Um, and granted, you know, I had never been a lifeguard before like Corey, and I was a shallow guard. And I enjoyed being tan. That's pretty much why <laughs> I liked the job.
0: Is that why you were a shallow, shallow guard? guard? Yeah. <laughs> were, she was very shallow.
5: I mean, seriously. You know. First of all, I, you know, when, during training, you know, they're making me rescue a man who was 150 pounds heavier than me, and I couldn't. He would have drowned if it had been a real rescue. (laughs) So I was afraid to be a deep guard as well. So I enjoyed sitting on the creek and working in the kitty area mostly because then I got to interact with guests. And that was the most magical part for me. But as far as like in the parks and things, I had no desire to go. I just didn't.
3: When I first moved here, I actually interviewed with Disney and I bailed out during the interview. I said, this isn't for me. Wow, I, I I'm I belong on the opposite side of the, the wall.
0: Yeah, I would never work for them.
3: Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't make it past my second interview. As a matter of fact, during the middle, she actually asked me, I have a goatee. And she said to me, you have a beard? I said, yes. She said, are you willing to shave it off? I said, mm. for the interview? <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: Do you have a razor? Here's a razor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said, Walt had a mustache, right? Uh, that, dude, I said to her, listen, I don't think this is really going to be for me. The things I'm going to go be a guest.
5: And the other highlight for me was actually just getting to work with Corey. I mean, we enjoy working together, obviously. That's a highlight for us, too. You know? Yeah. I mean, so, I don't know. I prefer not to.
4: <laughs> I still am amazed. I, I go touring around the parks with Corey sometimes, and he sees things, and it's like they're not doing it the mad, the Disney way, mm-hmm. you know? And he... he really gets upset sometimes i do
2: you know i still pick up trash when i see it i I hate seeing people like i do too yeah
4: but it's i really enjoy going around the parks with you because you know you remember when it was when you were there i also had
0: real traditions well i was just going to say i was just going to say that you know there are some that will, will disagree with me on this but um i really do believe that the all but elimination of traditions training is uh, one of the main reasons they have problems with some of their cast members right now because they don't really know why they should do what they do. They know what to do. They know what they—they're told what to do. Yep. They are not. I don't think they are. It's adequately explained to cast members the way it used to be. Why you're supposed to do it like that? What's the legacy behind it? Why do we do? Disney doesn't have a lot of random policies. They have. These policies come from somewhere. There's a reason for them, and there's a good reason for a lot of them. And I think explaining that to those employees, to the cast members, like they did in Traditions training when it was three days and then cut back to two, and now what is it, a half a day and you don't even get lunch?
2: Yeah, I mean, we we left Traditions so hyped and so ready to, to, to go work for Disney, this amazing company. I mean, part of our training during Traditions was to go to the park, And find examples of good show, bad show, great guest interaction, bad guest interaction. They made you look for this stuff before you even even clocked in for the first time. And if
0: you want to know what what is, uh, for me, one of the things that really takes away from the magic is when you see Disney do stuff like that, when they're simply doing it for a cost savings, it's a money issue. It's not a quality issue. It's they're trying to save money, and they're doing it at the expense of the quality of the cast members they're putting out on stage and and that affects the magic for me i have seen and that is the reason my that some of that has diminished for me over the years because i have seen it so clearly that the people in charge over there are far less concerned about the legacy that they're charged with protecting and promoting than they are in just cashing the quickest buck they can cash and until that changes i think certain aspects of the disney experience are going to continue to get worse not better and i understand it's a business but you know it's a business that's built on certain legacies and certain principles, things that made it successful. When you start taking those things away, you affect the quality. You know, one thing I noticed: um, we, we were always told if a guest comes up to you and they ask you a question
2: and you don't know the answer, you find the, the answer for them right then and there. You never let a guest go away without knowing the answer to, the, to their question. So I, um, w- or without answering their question, we were when we were doing the pool um, tours, the pool reviews. I I forgot what the question was, but I asked one of the lifeguards. And they were just like, I don't know. It, that just shocked me. Because yeah. uh, every, every cast member has a number they can dial to, for Disney information or whatever.
8: Where were we recently Right, told someone to go find the answer? <laughs> I forget where we
3: were, but I asked someone a question and they said, oh, I don't know that. I said, well, then go find somebody who does. The problem is no one recognizes you when you're doing it. <laughs> that's right It's only having a rant First, today
4: right? Christmas
2: Eve <laughs> Right You know this might, this might have been an isolated incident it might, yeah. it might be a new college program person But it's just It was an example that yeah, But cool.
8: their manager should explain to them That this is what they
4: have to right. do Right Now it falls on us Good show, bad show
0: Right Well thank you very much for that uh, that question, Jenny That certainly sparked a lot of discussion All right And our last email this week From uh, Joe in Long Island Who was the lucky recipient of a free trip to Disney World. So here's Joe.
10: Hey, Diz Unplug. This is Joe from Long Island. I'm calling to tell you I won a trip to Disney World. I have been to Disney World many times, but um, I can never wait to get back. I entered a trip through ESPN Radio and won a trip. I'm going to be going to the ESPN the weekend, and I was wondering if you guys were going to be there covering it. I've never been to EST in the weekend, so I was wondering if you have covered it in the past. Is there anything I should see, or should I just go about and do what I normally do? Also, I'm bringing two first-timers. I'm bringing my wife's uh, little brother and little sister. Now, I'm pretty savvy to what they should be seeing. The only thing I worry about is, God forbid, we can't find one of them if we get lost. What's the best plan of action? I was thinking they should find a cast member, but I don't know if there's a better way to go about it. Okay, I hope you answer my question so I can be listening to this on the plane. Thanks.
0: Um well, I'll tell you Joe there's some limited experience around the table in terms of actually attending ESP on the weekend. I have yeah, never been, been there. there. I know Bob has been there and uh, Regina, Regina Henricks our producer had uh, had sent in some uh, she's been there a few times. Her husband really loves it and she provided me with uh, a few a few details. Uh, She mentions there's a hidden section of Hollywood Studios uh, to the right of Rock and Roller Coaster, and this is where they're going to set up the ESPN Sports Zone. They have all sorts of interactive stuff. There's ESPN the truck, a tiny miniature golf setup, basketball, a NASCAR car on display, free souvenir photo spot. Um, She says it's fun, but most of the activities are geared for kids. My best advice, get to this section early. Uh, she goes on to mention Dick's Sporting Goods is this year's sponsor, same as last year. Yep. They gave out great green canvas small bags that zipped and shu- that zip shut, and had a clip-on attachment. And as I recall, there was a pencil and pad inside. Of course, if you want to clip it to your belt, uh, keep in mind that it has Dick's emblazoned across it. Um. <laughs> I love Regina. <laughs> I just got that. I don't understand. Inside, you don't get it. I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, um,
5: <laughs> Too many. I'm sorry. I just got that other one.
0: <laughs> Zinger. <laughs> that's a good. That's what I love about Regina. She's got. She's got a wicked sense of humor. Square one for Maris. Uh, yeah, Maris. Uh, she also goes on to say there are a ton of athletes and a ton of ESPN personalities who conduct interviews. Some are on the Sorcerer Mickey stage. Some are uh, in the former Sony Theater. Her, She mentions her husband Gary was thrilled when he got to ask basketball hole, a Basketball Hall of Fame or a question. And they have uh, motorcades featuring the bigger name athletes. And some shows will have live tapings and uh, broadcasts.
4: Yeah, they do those live broadcasts right on the stage in front of the Mickey hat uh, a lot of times. You're going to have uh, one of the uh, ESPN guys, or two of them, uh, the two Mikes in Mike and Mike on these sports, uh, a lot of people know about them. Uh, some of the athletes that I found were interesting, uh, they're going to have Drew Brees, uh, Donovan McNabb, uh, Jim Palmer, uh, and the Harlem Globetrotters are going to be there this year. And the most interesting one I found that's going to be there is going to be Roger Clemens. And I want to see how ESPN and Disney handle the controversy with Roger Clemens and what he's been through in the last few weeks. Okay, I'm going to
0: get emails. I'm going to get emails, but I got to say because I was watching that I was watching that nonsense on television last week and I'm not getting political. I promise you, I'm not taking a position on anything in particular. All I'm going to say is this. Given the things, the challenges that are facing this country right now, the things that the Congress should be focused on. Why in the name of God was I watching something akin to the Watergate hearings over steroid abuse? I'm not saying steroids are good. I'm not saying they should do them. I'm saying this does not rise to the level of the United States Congress. It is absurd. It is ridiculous.
4: And and the head of that committee said after it was all over we shouldn't have done it and it's like duh
0: oh and he was the worst one that was, me, that mousy looking well
5: am I the only one at the table who has no idea no
4: I know what he's
0: but, saying, uh, he uh, what he's saying right? again Roger Clemens Roger Clemens is uh, under investigation for steroid abuse. And a, an entire subcommittee of the United States Congress was seated to investigate this. Yeah. It's absurd. But I, absurd. I,
4: I want to I want to see how... It, what do you really think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. Sorry, I'm,
0: just- I'm getting the flu and I'm starting to feel bad and I'm getting tired. We've been recording for about four hours right now.
5: Joe's also worried about losing his kid.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important yeah. issue to address.
5: Well, Corey well, has mentioned before the tattoos.
2: Yeah, tattoos, yeah.
5: Those are popular.
2: Temporary tattoos where you can put um, either medical information or phone numbers and things like that. It's great because you you can't just peel them off.
3: I have another idea. All of the parks sell those little engravable dog tags. I'm serious. You you put your cell phone number on one of it. You unlace the kid's sneaker halfway down. Put that tag on the sneaker. First of all, the kid's going to think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then lace the sneaker back up. Don't just tie it on mm-hmm. the sneaker. You have to unlace part of it and tell them that if they get lost to find a cast member, show them what a cast member badge looks like and let them know that the contact number is on their shoe. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. This is not going to work for a 15-year-old. No. Uh, he doesn't say how old his kids are, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming they're young. Hey, I'm assuming he's young. they're young enough that he's concerned about losing losing them. Right. Um, the right. other thing that I heard, I've done some research on yeah. this recently, is to um, show the kid, take a Sharpie and write your cell phone number on the, the part of their sneaker. Yes. And the yes. Show them kind of where saying, yeah. the information is and to go to a cast member and show them that information.
5: I also think a luggage tag is a good idea. You can attach it to their belt loop. Yep. You want to yep.
8: do some preliminary work. Tell them what a cast member is. Show them what a cast member is going to be in that park tell them to go to the first cast member the other thing that's important too is you've got to keep in mind that if the kid is really lost kids have little legs and you see this all the time you see parents running around the park like up and down main street the child has a certain radius mm-hmm. that they can go
0: i don't know i think some kids can some kids could disappear this and take actually, off this
8: is actually part of traditions training really what to do if, if another kids thing lost. Just, you look in that immediate area the last time you saw the kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the kid's fast and can take off, but he's not going to get from the
3: front of the park to Tomorrowland.
8: And you also That's never true.
2: tell the kid that they're lost. You say that the parents are lost. Right. It makes them
0: feel better. Yeah.
3: Another thing someone recommended was to tell a child to find a mother with another child. Mm. Mm. Look for another mother holding the hand of a child and tell them you're lost. Mm-hmm. That a mother will in- invariably find a cast member. Yeah. So, in
5: addition to what John saying, I have... A brother who, uh, when he was three years old, we visited the parks, and he did get lost. We were in line for the Haunted Mansion, and he didn't move from his spot. We had moved along in line, and he had stayed in the same exact spot. He didn't move around at all. And a cast member came up to him and found him, and he was when she or he picked him up, he could see us ahead in the line, and he pointed us out.
0: got mm.
3: Can remember, a kid can only see like your legs,
8: your butt you know, right. in a line like that.: so.
0: And that, that's uh, poor kids. And one of the things, especially with children if I'm in front of them
3: Their attention span is such that something can catch their attention if they glance away and you've walked away,
2: especially at Disney.: The
3: yeah. child didn't get lost. You know what I mean? Right. It's mm. something to keep in mind that when you're moving, make sure you know where they are. Because they're not always focused on what they're, what you're doing.
5: Especially at the age of three, five, right. seven.
0: Well, folks, um, I, I really would have liked to have done about three or four more voicemails. But those of us that are getting sick are really starting to get sick. So we're going to wrap this one up.
3: Before we leave, can I say one more thing?
0: Please do. Hi, Anthony. And that will do it for us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back with you again next Tuesday with the next episode of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Y'all have a great week and trying to th- get the flu.